It's a new way to lead off your Sunday with conversation, unique perspectives, and your thoughts and questions on the Hometown Nine. It's Twins Today. And a swing and a miss and a changeup. That was masterful pitching from Jose Barrios. I know they know I got a great curveball, so they're looking for That's when I was the unbreakable. Twins Today is driven by the Mauer Auto Group. More than cars. It's hard to believe that was 15 years ago. Right? Time flies, but uh, you know what? I'm in a new role, and I'm enjoying it. Thanks, Derek. Which thought am I? Did I make the top five? Now, live from Target Field, here is Derek Wetmore. Hey, good morning, Twins fans. Good to be with you. You're listening to Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group, more than cars. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore. I'm sitting at uh, warm and humid Target Field, getting you all set today for the first leg here of this uh, relay race to first pitch between the Twins and Tigers, the finale of that series. We had been on a pretty good run here on Twins Today. Uh, The Twins had a good record in games before this show, not the case Yesterday, Twins get swept in a doubleheader. The second one, uh, especially painful. First one, offense just didn't show up to play. But we have a loaded show for you today, a bit of a different show for you today, because we're only on for one hour here. We're going to be 10 to 11 because of the uh, early first pitch, early time. So uh, set your phones and alarms accordingly. I'll be with you here 10 to 11, talking Twins on Twins today. After that, we're going to Inside Twins with Scouting Director Sean Johnson and then the Adina Realty pregame lineup card with Rusty Kath. But before then, we're going to get you up to speed on everything over the All-Star break, MLB Draft Week, on uh, Five Thoughts. We're also going to be talking with uh, Twins rising pitching prospect Josh Winder, a little later today. Just recently joined the St. Paul Saints and Josh kind enough to carve out some time in his schedule. Then we'll be talking with the former AL MVP, Justin Morneau, and we wrap things up with Dustin Morris, the Senior Director of Communications for the Twins. Yeah, he was at the All-Star Game in Denver. Some fun stories there and also get his perspective on what the next two weeks up to the trade deadline mean for, for well, for Dustin and for the Twins in general. But let's start with the week that was Strange week in Major League Baseball because there was some time off. But that does not mean there was not news to talk about. We'll do it on Five Thoughts. Number one. And a pitch. Hit high in the air left field. It's a no-doubter. Way up and go. Byron Buxton is fourth home run. He now has seven hits, all extra base hits. Nothing cheap about that. Nothing cheap about that indeed. Dan Gladden on the call, Byron Buxton on the home run. No, Buxton's not returning to the lineup, at least not imminently anyways. There was a report over the week from Ken Rosenthal in The Athletic that the Twins are trying to get a long-term deal done with Buxton. Apparently, that deal exceeds $70 million over uh, long-term. Rosenthal didn't list the number of years, but he did mention Aaron Hicks as the sort of contract comparison Hicks signed a seven-year, I believe, $70 million deal with the Yankees in the spring of 2019. So we'll see where that one goes. That's it's a lot of money, but it's also not a lot of money when you look at it compared with the, the free agent contract George Springer just signed, which was $150 million. That one over six years. The fact that the Twins are trying, though, is fascinating to me, and we'll see where that goes, hopefully, in the next well couple weeks or months, because... Byron Buxton could be a free agent after next season if he's not extended. 
Number two. And the 2-2 pitch, a line drive into left field, down the line deep. Badu back, it's over his head. One hopping off the wall. Nelson's going to make second base in standing. That's a two-out double. Fun to watch Nelson Cruz, and it's not going to be fun hearing trade rumors over the next two weeks, but that's the position the Twins find themselves in. Uh, expiring contract on a team not headed to the postseason. Those guys uh, usually have a tendency to pop up in trade rumors. Had a number of people ask me what the Twins could get for him, so I went searching. And I'll cut to the chase. Over the past five years, there have been a couple older DH types who have been traded that I think are instructive here for the Twins. The first one, Edwin Encarnacion, uh, when he went from Seattle to the Yankees. Well, a low A-ball pitching prospect, a 19-year-old by the name of Juan Then went the other way in that trade. And then Carlos Beltran, you remember that trade between the Rangers and Yankees? The Yankees pride uh, Dylan Tate, who was a young pitcher at the time too. He was the fourth overall draft pick the summer before. And uh, the Yankees got him for sending Beltran down to Arlington for their postseason push that year. So low A pitching prospect or possible project, like highly thought of pitching prospect who's had a tough year walk some guys, high ERA, something like that. I could see the Twins uh, going in that direction, but I don't know that they will. That's just the recent history, will tell you. Number three. Runner at second now, one out. Kimbrell, ground ball right side. To third is Garcia, two out. Were you going up there, Nelson, swinging at the first pitch, no matter? No, I mean, um, I was looking for fastball, and he gave me that. I thought I hit it a little bit in front. I told him to throw harder so I can hit it better. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson Cruz mic'd up there in the All-Star game. He did get in that bat after coming in, replacing uh, Shohei Otani and J.D. Martinez. He grounded out, and, of course, you heard him there on the talkback, the Fox broadcast. Taylor Rogers, also a deserving All-Star for the Twins. He did not get in the game in his hometown, or near his hometown anyway, of Denver, Colorado. Uh, he was sort of used in reserve. Kevin Cash, the AL manager, was going to hold on to Rodgers in case he needed something, but Liam Hendricks closed out the win for the American League. MLB draft was this week. Number four. So I throw a four-seam, a sinker, a slider, and a changeup. Right now, I'm really just working on, on kind of just perfecting everything, um, perfecting my craft, getting bigger, getting stronger still, and really just putting in the work in the weight room and, and at my training facility. That's the voice of Chase Petty. He was the Twins' first-round draft pick this year. Uh, remember that name. It might not come up for a few years, but it's an important name to remember. Um, Chase Petty, first-round pick. He's a, uh, a high school pitcher, but he reportedly has cleared 100 miles an hour with his fastball on the radar gun. And Kevin Goldstein, who covers prospects for Fangraph, said he has one of the nastier sliders in the draft. Other top picks for the Twins, second-rounder Noah Miller, a hitter out of Wisconsin, high school kid. Uh, Steven Hadger, a uh, prod product of Michigan. Cade Povich, third-round pick, Nebraska. Fourth-round pick, uh, Christian, and I'm sorry, uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand is his name, fourth-round pick for the Twins. And then rounding out just the fifth round, uh, Christian McLeod out of Mississippi State. Those names matter. You look around the diamond for the Twins, got first-rounders, second-rounders everywhere. Larnick, Kirilov, Gordon, Barrios, Buxton, Donaldson, Ryan Jeffers, Andrelton Simmons, Ben Rortvet. Uh, those are the names that comprise future big league roster. so pay attention to the Twins' draft results. Number five. 
Here's the no-ball, two-strike pitch. Winder sets and delivers. Swung through, struck him out. That's punch out number eight, and probably will do it for Josh Winder with another terrific pitching performance. Josh Winder has made his way to AAA St. Paul. He's one of the rising pitching prospects in the Twins organization. On the year between the two clubs, Wichita Windsurge and St. Paul, he's got a 2.30 ERA in 13 starts. Check this out. 66 innings, 77 strikeouts, and only 13 walks. That's an incredible ratio for Winder. And the reason he made this list is because he is my next guest on Twins Today. Don't go anywhere. We are going to hear from Josh Winder next when we come back. More from Five Thoughts, you can follow me on social media, Twitter at Derek Wetmore or Facebook.com slash Derek Wetmore MLB. Hang tight. We're going to talk with Josh Winder on the other side of this here on Twins Today on News Talk 830-WCCO. All right, welcome back to Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group, More Than Cars. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, and delighted to be joined on the show right now by a very special guest. He is up-and-coming pitcher in the Twins organization, Josh Winder. Josh, how's it going today? It's going well. Thanks for having me on, Derek. Yeah, man, my pleasure. Uh, happy to be talking with you. We've actually, this is weird, we've been talking about you a lot this year because of the, the year that you've had. Um, great to be finally talking with you. And I want to ask you, you're fresh off the Futures game experience, the MLB All-Star Weekend experience. What was that week like for you? It was a whirlwind. I got into Denver on Saturday, played the game Sunday, and then was out on Monday. So I kind of okay. blinked and went by. Uh, but it was really awesome. I did my best to kind of soak it all in. Uh, MLB did a great job, like putting on a show, all that, all that stuff, treating us really, really nice. Um, and I was lucky to have my family and my girlfriend out there as well. Uh, kind of share the experience and then explore Denver in our off time and all that stuff. So it was really, really cool to be on that stage and share that field with all those um, big names, prospects, all that stuff. So it was, it was really neat. That's awesome. And, and I'm glad to hear it was a good experience, like the game itself and then the environment around it. What was it like learning that you were going to be going? I mean, I'm, I'm sure it had to be on your mind a little bit, like I'm having a pretty good year. This is going well for me right now. What was the moment like when you learned you'd be going? That was actually, I was not actually thinking about that. I didn't think that was on the table at all. I thought I was kind of too old um, and not prospecty enough. But my agent told me a couple weeks before I found out that there was a possibility of me being on like a list. Um, and then uh, the manager of Wichita, Ramon Borrego, called me in and uh, told me the news and was able to share that with the teammates in Wichita. Um, and it was it was incredible. It was really, really cool to kind of get that news and be with the team when it happened. And of course I called my parents right away and they were really, really excited. Never really something I thought I'd be a part of. Um, just kind of with my background being not a lower round guy, but not as highly thought of prospect wise. Um, so it was really cool to see like all that hard work and all the hours, I guess, put out on, on the field, kind of come to fruition and kind of get recognized on that stage. It was really, really nice to see that. Well, Josh, it's fascinating to hear you say that because uh, the, the fact that you don't think of yourself as quote, like prospecty enough is fascinating to me. So, so I was telling you just before we jumped on the interview that I was lucky enough to be at the 2014 futures game, just because it was at target field and I was covering the twins at the time. I'm not a name dropper, Josh, I promise, but I am going to drop a few on you here. Guys I saw that weekend on the Futures Gabe roster, Giolito, Corey Seager, 
Syndergaard, Jesse Winker, Chris Bryant, Joey Gallo, Luis Severino, Javi Baez, Jose Barrios, and Francisco Lindor. It was a, a star-studded cast, and like now you're on that list of people. Uh, what was that like, brushing shoulders with all these guys who are our future, in all likelihood, future major leaguers? Yeah, it was really cool. I've been lucky to play against a few of those guys, um, so I kind of had a familiarity with some of them and like what I'd be seeing. But still, it's cool seeing guys light up the radar gun, guys absolutely torching balls and BP in the game as well. Just incredible to be in a locker room with that much talent and kind of just sit back and watch in the dugout and just have your mouth open half the game. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I can't even imagine uh, sort of rubbing shoulders with those guys. And congratulations now walking among them at the Futures game. Josh Winder is our guest. He's a rising pitcher in the Twins minor league organization. We've been talking about him all season with the Wichita Wind Surge and recently promoted to AAA St. Paul. Josh, I want you to give a little bit of a background, if you will, um, on how you got to be in the Twins organization. I mm-hmm. From Virginia Military Institute to, uh, as you mentioned, not a, not a late round pick, but not in the first two, three rounds. Share for Twins fans, if you would, listening to this program, how you got to the stage where you signed with the Twins. Yeah, so I went to a smaller military college in Virginia. So I wasn't like a highly sought after high school guy, like no really MLB draft buzz. Put in some work at VMI, got got with some great people, um, got with some great coaches and a really, really good sophomore year. um, It kind of put me on the map and me being a bigger guy and having a bigger frame. I think a lot of people kind of noticed that and obviously love big pitchers with a big frame. Yeah. Um, so I think that definitely helped me out a little bit. And then I didn't have quite as good a junior year. Um, I think people were expecting me to kind of light it up, but kind of had some injuries, kind of had um, some illnesses throughout the season. And then the twins ended up picking me up in the seventh round and I couldn't be happier to be in their organization. Ever since I got in, just the resources and the knowledge and the coaching that I've received has really made me in the player I am now. And I think about it all the time. It's like, I don't know if I'd be where I am right now if I was in a different organization. It was kind of a perfect match. And the way I kind of think and approach the game is very similar to the Twins front office and the Twins uh, minor league staff. So it really has been a great marriage so far. And um, I'm just excited to keep, keep going and keep rising in the system. That's awesome to hear, Josh. I'm curious, some of these some of these people you're working with, if you want to shout your college coaches, perfectly fine too. I'm curious about the twins, who's got their hands uh, on helping you, because they always talk about, we don't, we don't build players, we don't build pitchers. We can give guys a framework, they build themselves. Who are some of the people you've worked with to get to be uh, you know, one step away from Major League Baseball? Yeah, obviously the two pitching coaches in Wichita I've worked with um, my first two years in pro ball is Louis Ramirez and Virgil Vasquez. Um, They've done a great job kind of managing me and like doing a great job in game. And then Justin Willard, the head, like the pitching coordinator in the minor leagues. uh, He's done a great job kind of taking over um, last year and just giving us all the kind of resources and all the information we want or need. And then, of course, working with Bayo and McCarthy, the two pitching coaches in um, St. Paul. That's been a really cool experience. I've never been able to work with them before. So I'm getting a kind of a unique, different perspective from both of them. And um, I'm just doing my best to kind of pick their brains every day, every game, um, just kind of pick up little tidbits here and there because I've been at the higher levels for longer than I have. 
So I'm excited to continue that relationship and keep kind of picking tidbits here and there. It's really fun to hear you say that. Yeah. I mean, I think that humility goes a long way as, as you're sort of learning. I mean, you've no doubt played with people or seen people who have all the answers and it turns out you know, I guess the higher you go, the more challenges arise. And if you thought you had all the answers, the game humbles you quickly. So it's really cool to hear you have that perspective already. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been a learning curve ever since getting to AAA, just facing some older guys, some guys have been around with big league time. So I'm doing my best to talk to guys in the locker room and the dugout and um, just kind of absorb some knowledge there because there's a lot of older guys there have been around big league time, all that stuff. So just any way I can kind of get better, get a little advantage on the hitters, that's that's what I'm looking for. Josh Winder's our guest. He's a pitcher now for the AAA St. Paul Saints. And Josh, a few minutes left with you here. I'm curious to know what your scouting report for yourself is. I haven't had a chance to see you in person yet. I'm hoping to get that opportunity very soon. But for Twins fans maybe who, I don't know, if they're going to come over to St. Paul, or they're, they're watching for the day where you get to knock on wood, make your big league debut. What are they going to see on the mound from Josh Winder? Um, I'm going to feature a mid nineties fastball, um, have a slider. I like to throw a ton, uh, lots of depth, not as much of a lateral pitch. Um, I have a curveball and a changeup I mix in as well, but I've always been a strike thrower throughout my career. So I'm going to be super aggressive in the zone, constantly attacking hitters, being ahead in the count and putting myself in good situations to succeed. Uh, that's, that's kind of the game plan, kind of the, kind of the scouting report. Straightforward. I love it. One of your teammates was quoted in a newspaper article I saw said his re- scouting report for you was he's a dog on the mound. What did he mean by that? <laughs> um, just when I get out there, I don't want the ball get taken away from me. You know, I want to be that out there as long as possible. And I'm, not going to be afraid of anybody. I'm going to go after the hitters. I'm going to attack, be super aggressive, and I'm going to try and pitch as long as I can in the game. I love firsthand scattering reports because it, it tells you a guy really knows what he does, what he does well, and how he's trying to uh, game hitters. So um, that's pretty fun to hear. You, you mentioned I'm bringing you back to the Twins coaching staff and sort of your development. You know, you can scan up and down the stats on your minor league page. All, all fans can and see uh, 19 and then there's a big blank spot in 2020. That is the case for basically every minor leaguer in baseball. I mean, even guys who were spending time at the alternate site weren't playing games against other teams and competition. Some people view that as a lost year of development, Josh. I'm curious, what did you do in the downtime when, gosh, baseball around most of the country was shut down due to the pandemic? Yeah, so I went back home uh, to Richmond, Virginia and lived with my parents um, about mid- middle of March, I think is when we got sent home. Um, and so for the first month or so, I was kind of expecting to go back down to Florida, kind of working out at home, throwing when I could and all that stuff. And then once it started to kind of extend and re- the reality of like, I'm probably going to be at home for an extended amount of time, kind of set in, I was able to make a lot of uh, connections in the Richmond area to some coaches, uh, some like weight room guys, as well as like other minor league guys who are in the same boat as me. So I was kind of able to create a little like community of guys almost that we were able to work out together and like really like grind, like kind of put together a, like a makeshift season almost. So I was able to throw against hitters, pretty good, like minor league guys, probably once every week and a half or so. Um, so I was able to log some innings and kind of work on some stuff and get into some facilities and 
all that stuff and uh, build some connections, everything. So it was really cool. And I did my best to view it as an opportunity to work on stuff and kind of experiment and kind of rebuild and reshape who I was as a player. So it was definitely an opportunity, like a blessing in disguise almost. That's awesome. That's really great insight. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that with us and with listeners, Josh. Josh Winder has been our guest here on Twins Today. He is a pitcher for the AAA St. Paul Saints and uh, rising pitching prospect in the Twins organization. Josh, uh, thank you so much for your time and continued success. Appreciate it, Derek. Thank you. Josh Winder, kind enough to carve some time out in the show. When we come back, we're going to be talking with four-time All-Star, former AL MVP, current Valley Sports North broadcaster. He is Justin Morneau. You're not going to want to miss that conversation on our mic check segment. When we get back here on Twins Today, you're listening to News Talk 830-WCCO. The finals are now on. Justin Morneau with an out on the first swing. He had eight, then he had nine in his first two rounds, and he'll have at least one here in the finals. Back, 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 gone, upper deck. Back, back, back on upper deck. That was a ball off the bat of Justin Morneau, my next guest here. Welcome back to Twins Today. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, and we're privileged to be talking to four-time All-Star, Derby winner, and former AL MVP, Justin Morneau. Justin, how's it going today? It's going good. It's, uh, it's always fun to hear that stuff. I've never actually watched that Derby, so it's... You're uh, kidding. No, no. It's uh, one of those things I want to remember it the way I remember it. <laughs> yes. It was uh, not a, through someone else's eyes, through my own <laughs> eyes. It was a incredibly special night, and... I was glad I got to be a part of it. I know what you mean. I uh, definitely know what you mean. I want to ask you about the uh, 2014 Derby because that was kind of a cool thing. Uh, We didn't really know each other then, Justin, but I was covering that game for a different radio station. And when you came back and gave your press conference, that's a very memorable moment for me. What was the target field Derby like for you? Well, I think, you know, having my two oldest kids on either arm when I came out and they kind of showed me on the big screen in the stadium and, and, the ovation then, I don't know, it was something special. I, I, I don't know how I didn't tear up then. You know, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to stay focused on what was going on, but it was one of those things where I really hoped to be here for the game, but that didn't work out. Lost in that final vote to Rizzo and then yeah. uh, and then just showed up and, and got to play in the Derby and spend a couple of days at the cabin. But that was one of those things where, you know, you never really know how the – how you're going to be received or how the reaction is going to be. I think for me, the fact that I was traded when I left also maybe had a different, made a difference as opposed sure. to leaving as a free agent yeah. and choosing to go somewhere else. That was, I think, part of it. But I, I was so grateful to to get to come back and, and share in that moment because I remember, you know, when the All-Star game was announced, I remember they said it was going to be here, and that was one of the, you know, little goals you kind of set for yourself is you wanted to be here for that All-Star game in, in this ballpark uh, after – you know, we waited so long to have Target Field built and outdoor baseball and, you know, playing in front of a full house and all that stuff. And, you know, to be able to come back and be a part of it in a, in a small way was, was really special. special. Yeah. You had mentioned, Justin, just before that you haven't gone back and watched those derbies. I don't know if you know this or not or if I'm breaking news to you. The 2008 Derby, which will be remembered for you beating Josh Hamilton, of course. No, it'll that... be remembered for Josh Hamilton. <laughs> it's no, not you, really remembered that you I You got won. your version, I got mine. <laughs> but uh, that was the most watched derby in Home Run Derby history. Did you know that? I did not know that. Number but... one, including this year, was Shohei Otani. Yeah, see, you know, I mean, I think it was the combination of last year of Yankee Stadium, just the whole thing, the whole atmosphere. I mean, it was a, it was a pretty special time in the yeah. game of baseball too. I mean, there was, it, it was one of those things where 
you look back on it, I remember there was a debate, or not a debate, but I remember talking with, I think it was Dustin Morris, and whether or not I was actually going to do it, and it was kind of one of those late decisions. He's like, ah, you should just do it. And I said, all right, I'll do it. And then I think somebody, I can't remember who it was, somebody said, well, if you're going to do it, you better win it. I said, well, yeah, I mean, of course. Why else would you go in it, right? <laughs> you're not playing just to show off. You, you, that was the one where Hamilton went nuts in the first round, hit yeah. all those home runs, and I don't know if he was tired or what, or maybe intimidated because of his <laughs> opponent in the final round. I think, I think he was tired. But it was one of those things where, you know, I still get goosebumps when I think about it. It's one of those, I was sitting, you know, in the basically in the on-deck circle watching this show that he was putting on, and yeah. this was, you know, back when there was, there was 10 outs, and, and if you miss hit a ball and it was an out, you, the, you know, it started to count down, and the pressure starts to build if you don't have that many homers, and all of a sudden, you know, you're down to three outs, you're down to two outs, and you can kind of, as opposed to that clock, which I'm sure adds pressure as well, but, you know, you don't have the fear of swinging at a borderline yeah. pitch or, or a, a pitch that you don't want to hit or you can't hit out of the ballpark. So the fact that he did that with only a chance for error, you know, ten times, I think he hit 27, I want to say, something like that. And But to be in Yankee Stadium and to hear the entire place – chanting Hamilton you know to for a visiting player to have that in that ballpark yeah really tells you how special the moment was and it was I mean it, it was so special to, to be down there and to see it and and, on, and this is the truth I was sitting there when he was in the finals and I could see what was happening I could tell he was just running out of gas and I'm sitting there going come on just please hit a couple more I don't want to be remembered for winning this thing or not remembered for winning this thing and I remember the next day you know they have the all-star game parade I was getting heckled in the parade because I won the derby I'm, I'm going I didn't make up the rules I just participated in the thing it, it wasn't my fault that you know he got tired I, I, it's happened before guys have hit a boatload of home runs and not won the thing so that was one of those ones where I honestly was sitting there hoping he would win the thing just so I could say I lost to the guy who set the record and, and you know put on the best maybe possible performance we've seen in derby history so you know at the end of the day it's a special memory i got to share i remember i at the end it was whatever after midnight when the thing ended i looked up and and saw my parents and my wife up in the stands oh, and, and in-laws and everybody else and and uh looked up and you know acknowledged them and held up the trophy so we got to kind of share in that moment and then it's one of those memories that you take with you forever and you appreciate it more as time goes on nice that's fascinating insight uh you the voice you're listening to, Twins fans, obviously, Justin Marneau, a man who needs no introduction around here. Uh, Justin, you were at the 2021 All-Star Game down in Denver. What was that experience like? You know, there was – I went, and I went to see Otani, I think, like a lot of people did. Sure, and as you can at Target Field coming up here real soon. Yes. Angels that, in town. He's he's a special talent. But, yeah. You know, I got to actually face him in Japan in 2014. We went over for the All-Star Series. I think he was maybe 19 years old or yeah. something like that, throwing 100 and <laughs> – somehow managed to walk but you know so I had seen him before and saw the athlete that he was as even as a 19 year old kid and you know people are talking about him you're going no way he's not that good and then all of a sudden he comes over he's throwing 100 he's hitting balls harder than anyone and you know you had Alonzo there the previous winter you know he was obviously enjoying himself he was dancing to the music as the thing's going on you had you know the guy I was looking forward to seeing also was Soto and how special of a talent he, he is how young groove, he is man. it was it was incredible and then and then all of a sudden when Otani came up, and they were hyping it up pretty yeah, good yeah. In, in, in the stadium and, and everywhere else. I mean, it was built up. So the amount of pressure he had in that was incredible. But then all of a sudden the buzz in the ballpark when it was his turn to hit, it was a whole nother level. I mean, it was it was almost like, you know, when Jim Tomey would come up to hit or, or you know, probably Derek Jeter in the in the, mm-hmm. his final All-Star, All-Star game here at, at Target Field. And all of a sudden the expectations, you could see it, and then – the collective sigh from everyone as he struggled to to find that groove at the beginning and 
I'm sitting there going, oh, man, I hope he finds something here because it's almost impossible to live up to how much he was built up. Sure. You know, it was all of a sudden we were expecting to see 60 homers in right. three minutes, and, right. and he it was almost impossible for him to live up to those expectations. But then, you know, forcing the playoff and going back and forth, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. And to see what he did and then watch those guys, you know, because I played in Denver a couple of years. Yeah. I, I, got, I got to see how difficult it was as a left-handed hitter to go up in that third deck. And the most impressive ball he actually hit was in batting practice before the derby. Oh, yeah. There's the third deck. There's a restaurant that they put up there, and then there's a roof on top. But he hit it on top of the roof of the restaurant, which if there was a fourth deck, it would have went into the fourth <laughs> deck. I mean, it was it was absolutely incredible to see that. And it's unfortunate it happened before the Derby. Yeah. But just to see that raw power on display and, and how easy he makes it look. But then the fact that he was also smiling while it was going on was, was something that, you know, you take away from it as well, knowing that he's a young kid. He's still pretty young and, and – he was enjoying himself, and, and that's really all I think what you, what you want to see out of that event because it is an exhibition. You see the pitch chart for uh, Pete Alonzo, his batting practice pitcher? I mean, if you if you made a uh, – I've got this roll of tape here, 3M tape sitting in the press box, and his <laughs> batting practice pitcher, I'm not kidding, hit that thing 20 times in a row. Yeah, Jelsey, he's been around the game a long time. I actually was on a team that he coached. So, yeah, that was, that was cool to see. I mean, that's what I always tell Joe Vavra is – you know, it's a, it's as much about the batting practice pitcher as yes. about the guy hitting him. Obviously, you have to hit him, but if a guy's not throwing him in that area, and, and you know, other than my dad, I think Joe Vavra's thrown me the most batting practice out of okay. out of anyone I've ever <laughs> hit off of. So, you know, bucket after bucket after bucket, and then we got out there in New York, and and he was, you know, giving me a lot of good pitches and knew exactly where to throw it, and and uh, you know, you get in a groove, and and the pitcher gets in a groove too. I mean, you can get rattled out there. It's a lot of pressure. You know, you can throw batting practice every day, but you never throw batting practice in front of thirty-eight or forty thousand people. Not and all of a sudden, lights on. No. the booze start coming, the <laughs> the pressure starts coming, and you know you start to get a little bit more, you know, tight or whatever you want to call it. And, and that guy can can struggle to find it too. So I think that's uh, that's something that I think uh, I think people or the hitters appreciate anyway. Fascinating insight, and we sure appreciate your perspective. Justin Morneau has been our guest here on Twins Today, talking about the home run derby, and uh, Justin. This has been great catching up with you. Good luck on the broadcast today on Valley Sports. Thanks. Hopefully we get to call a winner. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, that's Justin Morneau, former AL MVP, four-time All-Star. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking with Dustin Morse, the Senior Director of Communications for the Minnesota Twins. But first, before that, we're going to talk with the sponsors of today's show. The Mauer Auto Group comes in for a chat, as he does every week. Here's Jeremy. Jeremy, how's it going today? It is going great. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Just enjoyed a, a little week of some all-star break downtime. And I don't know, do you guys get the same thing in the car industry? Well, every now and then we like to think we're having an all-star break, but nobody wants to hear that. So, nope, we're, we're getting after it. July is July. It's hot. It's beautiful. It's sunny. You know, every time every time someone complains to me about the heat, we remind them about the 12 inches of snow. So <laughs> we, we get off that subject real quick. But even though everybody's on vacation... Like I was telling you in the past weeks, the inventory is coming in like gangbusters at all three of our stores. So we have got so much inventory for you to choose from that, uh, yeah, the guys might want to say it's going to be an all-star break, but we're not letting that happen. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't quite happen the same way in your world, I guess. And one of the things you mentioned there, inventory, what's the latest in here, middle of July? The inventory is exciting. We actually have cars for people to come and test drive and look at and not just show them pieces of paper on stuff that's coming in so that tells me there's a tidal wave of inventory coming and the mauer auto group is going to get its lion's share of it 
you mentioned too, uh, I think it was last week when you and I were talking, Jeremy, that you guys are taking reservations. Just a little joke that uh, get a bunch of cars in each day or each week, you get shipments of new stuff. Some of it's already spoken for. So if you want to get your name on that list, I, I suppose it's best to act quickly. It is best to act very quickly. Yes. Because we weren't joking about the taking reservations. Um, <laughs> the lion's share of what we have coming in is already sold. I've you know, like last week, I told you we had transport showing up of maybe 80 cars showed up and 75 of them were already sold and accounted for. But uh, no, we, we have so much coming that we're going to take care of you. And early in the summer, Jeremy, we were talking about the turnover, basically. But what I want to ask you about is the Lease Elite program, because some people want to want to buy a new car and that's great. You guys can handle them too, MauerAutoGroup.com. But some people just want to lease, Jeremy. Uh, talk me through that program for people who might be considering leasing their next vehicle. Yeah, and people really do need to look at leasing. Leasing, at the end of the day, it's just an alternative way of financing it. You still own the car. You still take care of the car. You still insure the car. But at the Mauer Auto Group, what happens is you become part of the lease elite family. And what that allows you to do is we cover all of your maintenance for the entire term of the lease. So when you have a lease from the Mauer Auto Group, you have no extra expenses involved other than gas and insurance. We're going to take care of everything else. It's a comforting way of knowing what my monthly cost is going to be. In the, in the world we live in right now, where costs are going up so dramatically on all the products we need in our life, it's nice to know you have something fixed. And that's what we provide for you with that Lease Elite program. MauerAutoGroup.com is where you can go for the details or stop on in and see Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy, I appreciate your time here on Twins Today. Thank you very much. Have a great week. Okay, welcome back to Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group, More Than Cars. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, and I'm thrilled. My next guest, longtime colleague and friend, he is Senior Director of Communications with the Minnesota Twins. He is none other than Dustin Morris. Dustin, thanks for taking some time today. Thanks for having me on, Derek. It's good to see you here and talk to you about a little bit of everything. Ooh, I am excited for this one, Dustin. We were just talking offline there for a second about the All-Star Game. I mean, you've done All-Star Games in the past. You've done World Baseball Classic, but you got to do this one in Denver, the 2021 MLB All-Star Game. What was the week like for you down there? Yeah, you know, I, I view the All-Star Game as quite an honor when you're asked to help Major League Baseball with, you know, the world's greatest players. I, I definitely accepted and, and head out to Denver and, and got to experience a little bit of everything. This year was a little different. Got out there Sunday afternoon and Sunday night was the draft. It was a kind of a fun experience to see them combine the draft with All-Star Weekend. So I saw LaTroy Hawkins kind of manning the Twins booth there and, and we selected Chase Petty in the first round. And it was great that he was there. I got to be there right with him and set up all of his first media, his interviews and, and get to know him a little bit. So uh, that was a treat Sunday night. And then that just leads into Monday, which is a day, you know, where you're assigned several different players and you have to get them to do a lot of things. And you don't know many of these guys, you know, I was assigned to a lot of random guys, guys I knew Kyle Gibson, Eduardo Escobar, of course, the twins guys, I was assigned the White Sox crew and the Phillies crew and a few other scattered guys throughout the league. It, it was fun to build some new friendships and relationships and get to know these guys a little bit better. But it's running, running all day on Monday. I, I got about 31,000 steps in. We knocked out all the little all-star promos, the, the radio reads, the interviews, 
Uh, I mean, you name it, we did it. And I even got JT Real Muto in his catcher's gear on a scooter, pretending he was road tripping to Denver. So that was uh, quite the feat, I guess. I, <laughs> I called my counterpart at the Phillies. He's like, how did you get him to do that? We can't even get him in the Zoom room. So uh, it was it was certainly a fun experience. And that, of course, leads into Tuesday and the game itself, you know, helping, uh, you know, the red carpet parade, which is actually the purple carpet out there. Got to see these guys all dressed up and then kind of guide them down the line and, and pull them off for each interview station along the way. It was great to, to see Taylor Rogers out there. He was escorted by his identical twin brother, Tyler, and uh, local guys. So they, they got quite, quite the stairs, actually. They couldn't figure out who was who. <laughs> and uh, I had to kind of separate the two and, and who, was, uh, who was the Twins player and who was the Giants player. But a ton of fun. And then I, I ended up helping the American League during the game. And just uh, everything from setting up interviews with Ken Rosenthal and Buster Only for Fox and ESPN to miking up players. That was a, a treat, I hope, for, for viewers to see guys uh, do some talkbacks with the booth, you know, kind of helping uh, Otani and Tim Anderson and Liam Hendricks and Nelson Cruz all wear these, these mics, which was pretty fun. So at the end of the three, two and a half days, I'm pretty gassed and, uh, you know, had my one day off and then flew to Detroit and we started off the second half here. You know, just kind of cool to be a small part of that. Yes, it was very fun to watch. I love the All-Star game. Watch it each year, even though it's the only little break in the middle of a season. Uh, Twins fans, our guest right now is Dustin Morse. He's the Senior Director of Communications with the Minnesota Twins. So, Dustin, the pre-All-Star game, before the game even started, we heard word that Taylor Rogers was going to be added to the roster as an injury replacement. Now, I want to ask you, because you are the guy who's, who's inside all those rooms, who gets those calls, when did you learn that Taylor Rogers was going to be added to the team? And then what's the, what's the communication tree like to then let him know, Hey, could you get on down to, uh, to the field here? We've got an all-star game to play. This was really a unique experience. I think for all of us involved, we were kind of campaigning for, for Taylor prior, you know, the, the, the few days leading up to the game thought he was an ideal candidate, you know, even as an injury replacement player, I mean, we just kind of, I guess voiced our frustration and and I got a call I was in the dugout during the home run derby it was loud couldn't hear much but it was from Mike T. Van at Major League Baseball and said remember how you wanted Taylor Rogers to be in the all-star game well he's an all-star and I was kind of I couldn't really hear what was going on he's like let me know when when you're good to announce it or so so we can announce it and I said well give me give me five ten minutes here let me make some calls so uh, you know, I contacted Mike Herman first to make sure uh, Taylor's travel arrangements were all set up. And, uh, you know, Taylor's from Denver. And of course, he was in Denver and uh, he was about 30 minutes away. So I, I, I was near Kevin Cash, the, the manager of the AL club. And he uh, he said he was calling Taylor. So I got to stand right next to Kevin Cash, actually talking to Taylor about, uh, you know, what an honor and, and congratulations. And can you get on down to the park and, and Taylor said, I'll be right there. And we were both kind of like, okay, that's interesting. So he, he jumped on the phone with me and said, Hey, Dustin, I'm 30 minutes away. I, I'm coming. And I was like, uh, all right, all right. Let me see, you know, let me tell major league baseball. So they announce it. And I'm not kidding. An hour and 22 minutes later, Taylor Rogers is parking his car. I had to go out and meet him in the parking lot. He didn't have credentials. He was, it was barely announced. It, it, you know, there's a lot of other things going on. Right. I'm like, I guess I'll escort you in. And I, I got him in through the gate we start walking through the service tunnel i'm like what's going through your mind he's like i don't know i just got my car and, and drove here so i got a few videos for uh, for the twins social accounts and 
Uh, you know, Taylor just kind of spoke from the, the heart, the emotions, and we get inside the clubhouse and the, you know, the clubhouse guys are sitting there. And I, I said, this is, this is Taylor, the newest all-star. And they hadn't even seen the announcement. They kind of look at each other like, uh, okay, we'll put a locker together. <laughs> Taylor brought his own pants and his own turf shoes and, and they were actually gray pants and everybody was wearing white pants and he mm-hmm. didn't care. He borrowed a hoodie from Nelson Cruz's locker and went straight out to the field and just jumped on Nelly Cruz's uh, little, little couch there. And Nelly was like, what are you doing here? And some people thought he was just crashing the party. And, <laughs> and then word got out that um, the league added two, two pitchers to the American League team. Taylor being one of them. And it was a really cool moment for he and his family. Uh, I believe then he was scrambling to get some tickets and getting, you know, his brother in the house and uh, just really a great experience for him and his family and, and to be, you know, your hometown, quite the way to be a first time all-star. That's really fun, Dustin, to hear those behind the scenes stories of Taylor Rogers, first time all-star. And why not go soak it in, soak in the vibes while you can, uh, especially in your hometown. Um, Dustin, we also saw you on TV there. I, this was a really cool moment. I was watching the game and all of a sudden I see this, yeah, this sharp dressed guy standing down in the dugout. I said, hey, that's Dustin Morris. Well, it was during the stand up to cancer moment during the all-star game that major league baseball does each year. Uh, Dustin, if you don't mind sharing with our listeners here on twins today, uh, your family went through a difficult moment and uh, that had to have been a, a proud time there for you holding that tribute sign for stand up to cancer. Yeah, you know, that it was an emotional moment and it, it almost didn't happen. You know, part of my job being the, the PR guy for the American League team was to get all the players to fill out their cards. And yeah. it's a little bit of a scramble to get, you know, about 30 cards filled out. Um, I have them do it before the game, put their name on the back of the cards, and I'm in the dugout with all these cards. And we've got about 30 seconds to pass them out to all the players when they get up on the uh, in front of the dugout for the camera. And I had thought to myself, well, I got to fill my card out. And, and my wife is, is fully recovered from breast cancer, but it was uh, about a year and a half and, and she battled through multiple surgeries and, and um, you know, just grinded it out. And, and she did it, you know, with a positive attitude and, uh, you know, just so proud of her, for what she went through, what our family went through. And, and like I said, she stayed positive the entire time. Um, so I thought, you know what, I got to fill mine out and I just put her name on it and I, I'm kind of behind the scenes, seriously, just staying back in the dugout and, um, you know, all the players are on the field and coaches and trainers. And uh, I just thought, you know, in my own private way, I'm going to hold my sign up for, for my wife. And, uh, a little did I know I, I'm going to have a solo shot on, on the Fox broadcast and in stadium. And, you know, I started feeling my phone vibrating quite a bit in my pocket and, and, and kind of realized, holy cow, did, did that did that just happen? And, you know, I, I've got about 30 seconds to collect myself and then get everybody's cards back and, and make sure everybody, uh, you know, gets back out for the next inning. So um, yeah, cool moment. Obviously there's a lot of people, uh, you know, cancer is, is, is hit the twins family hard. Obviously Mike Bell this year. I mean, there's just, um, you know, sad story after sad story, but in, in our particular case, this, this was a positive story. My wife is fully recovered uh, back up and running and, and she, she can say she, she beat cancer. So cool moment for me and my family. And, and of course, you know, all of those, uh, all those players and all those fans in the building, it was, it's always a neat moment when you have about 40,000 people holding up, uh, the stand up to cancer signs. Yeah, that was really powerful. And just on a, on a personal level, fun to see you out on the national center stage. Dustin Morris is our guest. He's the senior director of communications with the Minnesota twins runs the baseball communications department day in day out. The uh, MLB trade deadlines coming up and it's not the season 
first half of the season that the Twins were expecting to have. What does this month in terms of challenges present for you and for your team? Here we're looking at the middle of July, a couple weeks left before the trade deadline. Yeah, you know, in my role, I, I stay very close to Derek Falvey, Thad Levine, and Rocco on, you know, how our roster might shape up. And, and, and you said it. It's not the first half we had wanted. Uh, the trade deadline is, is always an interesting time. There's a lot of um, nervous energy, emotions, whether players are coming or going. Uh, you build friendships and relationships with so many of these guys that it's, it's tough when you're on the selling side of things and, and maybe have to retool a little bit for the following season. So, um, never easy. Um, you know, any day, uh, any time, you know, news could break. It's kind of my job to, to put that into, you know, press release form and make sure the word gets out to, you know, to our fan base and to our media. So um, we're on high alert right now uh, and will be through the deadline. Um, I think the players are well aware of the situation here in, in Minnesota and the staff is too. And, and like I said, you build a lot of friendships and relationships and, and you do, you do learn it's a business, you know, this time of year. And, you know, you just hope, uh, you know, Derek, Thad and, and their group, you know, find ways to make us better. It's a great insight. Uh, Dustin, it's really fun getting to catch up with you. I appreciate it. And know you're a really busy guy. So thanks for carving out some time for Twins today. Oh, this is fun. I, it's great to see you, Derek. Appreciate it. You're doing a great job. Thanks, man. Be well. My thanks to Dustin Morse and all our guests on Twins Today. Josh Winder and Justin Morneau joined the show a little bit earlier. That's it for Twins Today, short version, because we got to hand it off, hand this baton to Inside Twins, where we'll hear from scouting director Sean Johnson on the draft, then the Adana Realty pregame lineup card with Rusty Kath and first pitch, Twins and Tigers, at 12-10. It'll be Jay Happ and Willie Peralta on the mound for the two teams. Look forward to talking to you next week on Twins Today, right here on News Talk 830-WCCO. You have been listening to Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group, more than cars. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.